Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And I did find out it was the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Roof claim. Yeah. Roof. What is that? What is? It's like <laughs> there are so many bowls now. Yeah. That and was, bowls are good. Look, yeah, the totally. reason we're bumped to ESPN two is because they outrate us by five to one. Yeah. They do. That was Toledo and Liberty in that match. Can't wait for it next year as well. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Have a happy hey, what holiday. About, what about next year the TK or this show six bowl? That would be good. We could get Wilbon at halftime to <laughs> yell at people. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. And in the last week of 2022, we have a reunion show of sorts. Yes. Because Sean is running the board. Because Michael is in South Carolina. A Christmas special. Right. And so we need Sean to coordinate all the voices from all the places. So, Sean... How was your Christmas? My Christmas was fantastic, and I get a very special episode of the Tony Kornheiser show out of it, too. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) So uh, you and Michael, Michael cooked a tenderloin in South Carolina. What did you cook? I did a standing rib roast with the reverse mm-hmm. sear and uh, a Yorkshire Does that mean pudding. you stand through all of it like no, when you cook? Okay. it stands. I sat for quite a bit of the cooking. Okay. Process. How many bones? It was uh, three. It was only you know three of us here plus leftovers, so there's oh, a yeah. lot of meat in available. And, and you made Yorkshire pudding? Yes. Which, yes. is a, which is a souffle without sweets. Exactly. Right, essentially. Yeah. yeah, it was. It used the pan drippings from the roast and eggs and stuff, and it, everything came out really nice. And Michael, what did you cook? Uh, we did beef tenderloin with a horseradish cream sauce and right. just some salad. Okay, and I had uh, leftover turkey for the 19th straight day. <laughs> and what sauce did you use? You know, we use, actually used the peppercorn sauce that and you how gave old, us. And how old is the peppercorn sauce? Not as old as I am. <laughs> Did you at least reheat it? Yeah, no, of course we reheated okay, it. Okay, but it, it's it, got cream in it, so be careful. No, we reheated it, and it's got the peppers, and we there's a little bit left for Fantastic. next month. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe like try it with turkey. All right, so here's, here's what people want to know, I think. I don't really know if people want to know this, but I, I'm going to talk about this. This past weekend, and continuing into today, but certainly starting on Friday, Um, and abating a little bit by today, was something called a bomb cyclone, uh, a weather pattern that came directly from the Arctic and cooled down almost everything in the United States of America. I don't know about Southern California. I think that was fine. Arizona was obviously fine watching on the game last night. But if you watched Green Bay at Miami, game time temperature was 44 degrees. So when you're at 44 in in Miami, you know that the rest of the country is freezing. Michael, you're in South Carolina, where normally at this time of year, you're going to get a high in the 60s. Yeah, 50s to 60s, and you'll get a lot of the lows down into the 30s, but you're just as likely to get something into the 70s. We've been coming down here for over a decade now. We've seen snow once or twice. We had temperatures in the teens. Uh, the stroller had a layer of ice on it, about a quarter inch of ice. Uh, and it did up not, that kid. It, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's, Toughen up that kid. Well, he has to take the, the, uh, the cold air is good for babies, I hear. Yeah, and then you get you give him the hand. He can handle a scraper sure. six months. I'll let him scrape. Uh, the, the two big seat. boys have not taken off their pajamas now for the entire weekend. Yeah. So you had in the teens. In the teens. Okay, and what did it warm up to? Say yesterday. 
Oh, yesterday well, probably got to, it got to 40, and, and the difference okay. is down here. You still get a pretty bright sun, so it, it plays warmer than that. But this, this is something that I've not seen down here. Okay. Sean, you're in Manhattan? Uh, no, I'm in New Jersey. In New Jersey, next to Manhattan? How yes. cold? Uh, it's a balmy 18 degrees right now. Uh, how I think, cold was it on Friday when it was at its coldest? I think we bottomed out at like 7. 7? Yes. No, we beat you. And it was windy. You. Did you have any snow? Uh, we had some flakes coming down before the temperature dropped, so it all melted. So no, no, no snow. In Washington, the luckiest thing that happened to us was we got no snow. We didn't even get conversational snow. For two minutes, there were things that looked like flakes, but it was in the 40s at that point. And then as the bomb cyclone went through, and it, it negatively affected millions of people in the United States of America, the storm in Buffalo, and they oh. get storms all the time. They got six feet of snow about two or three weeks ago, and they got another four to six feet with terrible driving winds. The roads were shut down all over upstate New York, all over Minnesota, all over Indiana, all over Missouri. Our great fortune in Washington was to not get snow. The wind was significant for one day, but then... Honestly, on Saturday and Sunday, the wind was nothing terrible. But we bottomed out at six. <laughs> I went out. I put on um, some years back. I think I got this from TSN, the sports network in Canada. I think. I'm not sure. I, th I recall that. I yes. got a black long coat, and the brand name is Carbon, K-A-R-B-O-N. Now, my problem with this coat is... Zipper. The zipper the zipper's on the wrong side. It takes me a real long time to zip the thing up. But once I get it zipped up, I went out and walked a mile in six, and now there was no wind. Got to work on your wind, offhand. You know, yeah, I do have to work on my <laughs> offhand. Yeah, if there was wind, it would be different. But I walked a mile in six just to be able to tell my son I walked a mile in six. Um, and well, I had to have it, you check in on my house. Yeah, I did, and pick up all your stuff. Uh, and that... You know, and it was okay. Now, today, I think it's about 18 or 19 now. It's going to go up to right around freezing. And when you, when you went out in six, you start going out in a T-shirt at 32. <laughs> you know, because you just think, wow, this is a, a big difference. Now, have I, you had any issues with water? I know that the no. diplomat had a pipe break. No, we've oh, been okay. Couldn't see that. We've been okay. We had an issue with the television studio. There, there was a loss of power and a constant beeping, and Nigel had to come over yesterday and shut the infernal beeping off. <laughs> um, yes, uh, but, but no, the house has been good, and I suspect the, the future weather forecast by Saturday, it's going to be 50 to 60 in Washington. So this thing is, is short-lived, but boy, oh boy, yeah. not so much for us. We've been very lucky, but yes. for people in the interior of the country— as this thing swooped down from west to east, it, it just terrible. You see the pictures, they're terrible. Yes. Just a house, a house three doors from us lost a big tree. They called the Adirondack people. The Adirondack people arrived with about six trucks and 30 people. <laughs> they cleared that bad boy out in a hurry. That's how you do it. You know. um, By the way, did you hear, and I, I, I don't know, Sean, if you heard this, in Rockaway, which I think is in Queens, it is in Queens, right next to Nassau County. Far With all the rain and the storms, like before the weekend, people woke up and there were bits of sperm whale on the streets. I guess some whale had been beached. Is that right? Yeah. Can you imagine waking up wow. and be like, yeah, this is a 
whole it's story. Whale. <laughs> There's bits of whale all over the place. Oh no, that they yeah, they are on. That's on Jamaica Bay, I assume. It's right near Kennedy Airport. Okay, right. Far Rockaway. Yeah. There's East Rockaway is in Nassau County, and Far Rockaway is in Queens, and it's just over. It's next to Atlantic Beach, which is the la- Atlantic Beach is the last town in Nassau County. Was okay. there any coffin and, that washed ashore as well? Are going to go full Moby Dick on this? I, I didn't right. see Queequeg, so okay. no. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> sure. So that was brutal. Uh, by the way, Chuck Todd, 6-1. and one. Great weekend for him. Way over Mount 500 now. And James Carville, one more time. <laughs> picking Air Force, getting four from Baylor. Air Force wins out, doubles Baylor's score. It was a three-play Carville is now, is he 18 and 0 in, in multiple plays? On the multiple plays, he's undefeated. 17 and 0 in multiple plays. He's 56, 32, and 3. So if you take away the 17, he's still 39 and 32. You wouldn't take away the 17 because you give him five of it. Right. Right. So it'd be 44, 32, and 3. If Carville is betting with himself, he's doing well. He's doing very, very well. Very well. Michael, did you watch what, what stuck out for you yesterday in, in the football? Uh, yeah, I was watching Miami. I, I still go back to the day before, though, with our local team. And just it feels like this entire season has come down to fourth and one. And you look at all the uh, sort of the progress you've made on defense, how they're able to control the ball, but they just they can't get first downs. And at, at a certain point, you have to score. Uh, and the fact that we're making this quarterback switch when you still, which you is know, the potentially, right time to do it. or yeah, when you're still potentially right in that time. last spot for the playoffs. You're not uh, potentially our, in. You're in now. I, Everybody it, it feels, else loses. It feels like even with the schedule, though, the Packers are going to sort of sneak in. It, it all comes down to that Minnesota game, I guess. If if Washington loses one and the Packers win out, they're in there, right? Yes, if they win out, but they have to play two division games and they have to play Minnesota. And I, you know, I think it's Minnesota and Detroit. Is that who they play? I think they're uh, done with. They Chicago. end with Chicago. Oh, they end with Chicago? Okay, and, and he owns them, yeah. right? Rogers, hey, Rogers and Brady, they're back in it, okay? Their team's – Rogers had no chance. They've now won three in a row, and if they get into the playoffs, they can do some damage. I don't think Tampa Bay can do damage. The only way Tampa Bay does damage is if they are within 10 points in the last six minutes, right. and then they win. Right. But yes. if you bury them, that doesn't happen. Tennessee has collapsed. Jacksonville is now in first place. There are two rancid divisions where everybody is under 500, one in the AFC and one in the NFC. But I find myself rooting for Jacksonville. Sure. I mean, this is, this is the power of good coaching. Doug Peterson is a good coach. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. He did that. Then he got in a fight with the owner because the owner wanted to play Jalen Hurts and he did not. And he was wrong about that. Yeah. Doug Peterson was wrong about that. But he got this job and he's bringing out the best already in Trevor Lawrence and they could get to the playoffs. Um, the, other, the other note, is anybody familiar with this or am I the only person familiar with this? That Miles Austin, the receivers coach, I think for the Jets, was suspended for betting. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yes. So didn't see what he was betting on, but he okay. violated the his attorney policy. made it very clear he was not betting on football. Okay. Okay. So I understand why you would say to a football guy, you can't bet on football. But apparently you say to a football guy, you can't bet on anything. And that is the internal rule of the NFL. And if you bet at all, you know, you're gonna go out. The NFL is also partners. <laughs> 
with a variety of betting organizations. Michael, what what is your what is your feeling about the sort of inherent conflicts in these rules vis-a-vis your partnerships with DraftKings and FanDuel and everything else? It's very convenient when you've made this uh, more accessible than ever. You look at all these partnerships. You look at in-game betting. You, you can bet on anything. And you look anything. at uh, first you sort of saw this, the pipeline when you came to the partnerships and the brandings with, with beer and various alcohol sponsorships. And now you look at what that has done to the in-game experience and you're just trying to fast forward with the with the gambling and you're looking at what might be another health crisis as we look 10 15 20 years down the line i i totally get it that if you're pete rose i'm sorry you can't bet as a manager on your team i totally get it if you say to me you shouldn't bet on the sport at all okay i'm with that but you can't bet on anything you can't bet on basketball you can't bet on you know, the next car to get into the intersection or whatever you can bet on. I don't know about that, especially when you as an organization have partners. And by the way, the silliest thing is that ad that they run. Oh, if you think you have a gambling problem, call this number. First of all, a good number no. probably isn't even plugged in. We'll give you they some aren't. good picks. <laughs> you know, the it's, it's, just, line. it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous to do that. But I'm not sure this is fair to Miles. I mean, I don't know the particulars of it. But I don't know, you know, you can is make it, this rule, but... Is the theory that you don't want him to become, in, you know, under the thrall of some, you know, gambling organization and say, you owe so much money to yeah. somebody that you're going to try and sure. pick something? Sure, It's the sure. Phil Mickelson effect. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, and my my mistakes. I got the uh, the the Packers finished up with Detroit. I was looking at the Vikings schedule. I thought it was Detroit. So they have two division games. They have Minnesota and Detroit. Are both at home? Both are at home at Lambeau. Ah, you're not going to bet against Rodgers now. No, you're not. the The Miami game that was just a huge game. And by the way, Tua stunk yeah. in the second half. Three straight possessions ending in interceptions, and not hard interceptions either. And Russell Wilson stinks. That's a disaster. Oh. Okay? That's could go down as the worst trade of all time uh, because they just gave up what is going to be the number one or number two pick in the draft, gave it up to Seattle. Russell Wilson had three interceptions. There's bickering on that team. Mm-hmm. One alignment was yelling at, at Rippon. You know, he threw a pick. Or whatever happened. It's a disaster. And... And there's, there seems to me no chance that they keep Nathaniel Hackett a second year. No. no. They're going to, right, Michael? They're going to lay this on him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's Lock and Fora believes he's out. Yeah. He's out at this point. Has to be. He hasn't, there's no control. They're terrible. <laughs> they're really terrible. Yeah. And spent, they, they're tied to Russell Wilson now for like four years. Yeah. I'm, they put all the chips in, said, all right, this is going to be our year. Get him another coach. Yeah, Get him somebody who will get the best out of him because I don't think you can go down the drain quite like this without anything. I think there's something left with Russell Wilson. I don't think there's anything left with Matt Ryan. Maybe Urban Meyer? Come back. Oh, Urban Meyer. All right. (laughs) We'll take a break. Uh, Michael Wilbon, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Another space and time from here is These are the Crossroads Saints. We've played them before. They're really good. Yes. They're really good. This is sent to us by Daryl Venable. The band is Mike Slack, John Slack, Paul Holdman, Corey Miller, and the Roundtable Recording Company in Indianapolis, all recording, mixing, and mastering, done by Corey Miller. This is very good, and this is a song called Move On. Right? Move On? Moving On? Move On, I think. Move On. Yes. They're a good band. They Crossroads are. Saints. They play in Michael Wilbon. Truth in Advertising. We're doing Wilbon early on the show today at 7.40 Eastern time so he can get to the airport, so he can go from warmth in L.A. to warmth. Where are you going? No, those plans have changed. The flight cancellation has destroyed that. Thank you, Alaska. Thank you, Alaska Airlines. Uh, I was going to try to get to Cabo for 48 hours. Right. um, Visit Don, but that's not going to happen. That flight at 7 a.m. Pacific time, so, you know, was canceled uh, at about five hours ago. So, wait, so you got up to talk to to us? No, yeah, of course, of course. Are you crazy? Oh. Still got to get up. Still got to get up, Tony. Got to go somewhere. I got to, I'm up doing, (laughs) I got a couple flights. Don't go to Buffalo. One Washington. I don't go to Buffalo. uh, Buffalo's not in the multiple choice uh, application. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's do some sports, and let's start with the football and then go to the basketball. For those who don't know this, Michael Wilbon was on television yesterday for about 11 and a half to 12 hours doing the basketball. Well, we'll start with the football and the ghosts of Christmas past. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady looked terrible. Yeah. Terrible. The ghosts of Christmas yeah. past now look like they're going to make the playoffs, yes? Yeah, they are, because the Arizona Cardinals are so stupid. It's just dumb, and just you know, I mean, you know, that coach should be fired. The whole organization is just on dumb pills. Yeah, uh, and I watched the only part of that that mattered, which was the fourth quarter. I watched, you know, the the, the decisive drives, the Tom Brady drives, uh, the scoring drives, multiples, which got them in a position to win that game after they were down nine to six or sixteen to six. They down sixteen, 16 to six. six. 16 so 6 watched, in the fourth. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch much that got it there, but I watched what happened after that. And Brady was not doing anything. And no. the Cardinals are just so pathetically stupid. That well, here's what Brady did he was 6 for 6 in the overtime. And the lesson is very clear you have to have a bigger lead over Tom Brady from the middle of the fourth on than 10 points. You have to. He stunk no, you before don't. that. You, you, to, you could be a real football team. Oh, okay. <laughs> and right. not and not and not a football team with a collective team IQ <laughs> of eight, and you can stop. You 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 can you can you know they so many, they did so many dumb things. I was just standing in the um, we were we were watching it both on the set where we're going back out to do half times and pre games and post games and all that. We're watching it there, and I'm also watching it on a TV on in the green room, and it was just unbelievable how many times the Cardinals were morons. The Cardinals are a bad team, but Aaron Rodgers beat what we thought was a good team. 
that had a good first half, a very good first half. And Aaron oh, Rodgers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a good that, team. That's, yeah, I mean, but Tua they, yeah, stunk in the second team. half. Tua yeah. was terrible, three picks. Second late. half, yeah. So, yep. you know, I, 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 yeah, I mean, both of them are still alive. Um, but Green Bay has, I think, a little bit more reason to be excited. I don't look as much as I, I like to laugh and clown the Dallas Cowboys. I can't see them losing to Tampa and Tampa Tom. No, uh, no, in a I, few weeks. Can't although. I should tell the people that I called you at one point to decry how awful. I said, if the Cowboys lose this game at home <laughs> to Gardner Minshew, who, by the way, put up enough points to win, yeah. what yeah. happened to the Eagles' defense? That was the surprise to me, right? Yes, yes. So what, and that, the question is, were they, they, were they fully engaged? That, that, that game had some, had some, 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 some sizzle. Yeah. They did. Yeah, that game I, had some I agree with that. And the other game, Minnesota, they're, uh, look, I think they're the biggest dogs in the world, and they won another one-score game. You yeah. watch them all the time. This is your division, so you know Green Bay, do. and you know Minnesota, and you know yes, Detroit, and you know yes, the Bears. Minnesota is now 11-0 and in one-score games. Maybe I should yeah. shut up, and maybe well, I should realize that they win these games. Yeah, they do in the in the regular season to get this far. I don't know what to think of them. I don't hate them. I just think right. that they, you know, I don't hate them. I don't, I don't have expectations, and 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 the record does not lead me to aggressive expectations for the right. Minnesota Vikings. Right. I just think that this is who they are, and it's okay. It's kind of fun. You know, they're one of the fun teams this year. They're a team I like to I watch for sure. Oh, the comeback against Indianapolis and then yesterday against yeah. the Giants. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely. mean, the Giants are a pretty good team. Meanwhile, in the Washington, D.C., everybody has be, been bemoaning. And this is what's wrong with these idiotic BPI things. They're idiotic. They yes, give you they odds every five seconds as to what's yeah. going to happen. And yeah. they're idiotic. And now the, the Washington was never going to make the playoffs. Except, you know what? Every single team lost. Every team lost that they worried about. So Seattle right, so lost. Still, they're, right, they're, they're still in. in. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, they're still in. I couldn't see their game. I, I didn't fixate. I couldn't see their game. I watched the other team's Saturday. better. Yeah, the other team's um, better. San I got LA, and I decided to go to the green room here uh, where we watch basketball. But where we right. watch everything, anything. You watch whatever it is that you're in town to work on. Um, but I watch basketball there. And I just said to somebody, hey, can you fire up this room? I don't want to sit in my hotel room and watch what some network-employed idiot decides for me to watch. Like in the old days, like in, like, like in the 1970s, I want to watch everything. And they said, yeah, 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 come on over. So I did that for the early games. And then the late games, I said, okay, in my room, I can sit and get some room service and watch the um, Cowboys and, and Eagles. And I, I can't get Washington, but I can live with that. Um, so for the late you, games. I could have stayed right there and watched every game, but nah, I, you I didn't I, need I didn't it. Long. Washington lost to San Francisco. San Francisco has yeah. the best defense in football. That's why they, they have a chance to win, because they have the best defense yeah, in football. They can beat anybody they can. Yeah, this is it. One other question, and we'll get to the basketball. 
This is sort of a think piece question. If I were a columnist in Baltimore, if you were a columnist in Baltimore, yeah. this is the column we would write, and it would go like Are you this. Pay Lamar the Ravens Jackson. have just won three games in a row yeah. without Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What do you do with Lamar Jackson? What do you I don't do? know, and it goes much deeper than three games in a row. I mean, it was so stupid for Lamar Jackson to walk away from 200-plus oh. guaranteed million dollars. <laughs> yes. Yes. When last year he missed, I think, the last five games of the year. With an and they that lost them all. Sports. Yeah. They and lost them all, but this year they the win them. The season again, and you walk yeah. away from 200 some million because you gotta, you got to be able to walk up and headbutt that idiot in Cleveland, um, <laughs> Deshaun Watson. I, I, I just, you know, it's just it's amazing to me. Ego is so amazing. It really is. Uh, I, yeah, you know, when you represent yourself and, and you bet on yourself, you're going to lose. You're not going to, may not lose big because somebody's going to give you money because you're really good. But this may not work out the way you wanted because they win no. without you. Yeah, win. and you, it may that's, not work out the way you win. want because you may suffer an injury one of these days that really has that's an impact right. on your career and your ability to make money. Yeah. Let's get to the basketball. They put on five games. They were on. What, when did you start working and when did you end working? I walked to from the hotel to the studio, uh, which is about, I don't know, 200 yards. I walked that in the pitch dark at. 610. Right. Starbucks opened at 615 and went hot chocolate. Right. So I got to the studio at 620. Um, and I left the studio last night at 1020. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, what it was, 15 was hours. That 14, later. 15 hours, something like that. That's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Was there something? There, there are five games, the final scores were three of them were lopsided. If I had to take away one thing, just because I don't want to look long-term, I want to look short-term, if I had to take away one thing, I would take away the Golden State won that game yep. out of all five well, games, right? Would you? the end of the night, which is not something you would see, but at the end of the night, that was the question. Denver. yeah, yeah. The question oh, okay. was, no, the question was, take away one take what's away. your takeaway from these five games? Yeah, and I said the Warriors, the Warriors, Me too. being able to be champions at home. Look, they got eight. They got an eight game homestand. I've never seen an eight game homestand. I've even heard of one in the NBA. But that's long. A, it's like baseball. They got an eight game homestand. Yeah, that's ten percent of your season. Yeah, and they went out last night, and the team that I think is the best in the Western Conference right now, Memphis, and those two teams have beef. They have. Yes, beef. they do. Yes, they do. And it's legitimate, and it's fun, and I think the team, more teams ought to have beef. That, that's what people want to see. Come on, don't tell me that you get along with everybody. I don't want to see that. I'm not saying it's got to be the Pistons and the Bulls from the 80s. I'm not saying it's got to be that or Knicks in Miami. Right. People are body slamming, folks. I'm not saying that. But, you know, it's okay to dislike each other. And I, I, I really like that game. I really like Golden State spirit. Um, you know, they basically have a challenge in front of them, Tony. In those eight games, they got to win at least six or seven of those games at home. Because if they don't, without Steph Curry, they could be looking at a hole they can't climb out of. It's very tough ask to win seven, six or seven at home without Curry. Well, you're Curry. home where you're already. I know, but two. 
They only win twenty five percent of their games without Curry. Historically, it's a tough ask. Yeah, but they, you know, but they, it, it may be a tough ask. But if, if they want to defend their championship in the in April, starting in April for real, yep, in the playoffs, then they may have to do that. So, so that was the result I thought last night that was the most meaningful. Boston let me ask one thing about that game. High level, but let me ask about that game. I don't think of Clay Thompson as a tough guy. I don't think of him as a fighter. What exactly was he doing? Because in the NFL, that's a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. When a guy's well, on it, the it, ground, it, it, that's taunting. Yeah. That's taunting. He should have been. He, he should have gotten a, a tech and maybe thrown out. Hundred um, percent. What was that? I, I know. I know Clay Thompson, and I I know he's a tough guy. Okay. I don't mean a fake tough guy. Clay Thompson right. is a tough guy. Clay Thompson has to have everybody screaming at him that he's not what he used to be. And I had, I had, a, I had a good chat with Clay two weeks ago. And Clay knows what people say. There's certain people, people he's known for his whole career. He knows what we say on our show. He watches. And he knows that there have been, you know, he and Charles have had a little beef. He and Stephen have had a little yeah. beef. And I walked up to Clay, and I just said, not all of us. And he starts, he says, he, he grabs me by the shoulders and says, shut up. I know, I know, I know. He said, no, man, I appreciate it. Because I, I have said, Clay Thompson, Stephen A. got on him for not working out all summer. And I said to Stephen A. in real lifetime on his show and our show, Countdown, I said, hey, Clay Thompson had the most serious injuries, leg injuries you can have. Don't tell that me. two. He had two of them. That he couldn't take some time and just say, I, I, I'm going to just stop now. Absolutely. Maybe he was recommended not to do that. Clay Thompson, to me, I, I know the results have not been Clay Thompson of old. I get that. But even last night, Clay Thompson had like three points early. He wound up with 24. Without Clay Thompson's contribution last night, maybe Memphis catches up. So I yeah. mean, Huge Clay Thompson okay. guy. I just thought I thought that was over the, the line. Game, that that one act. Yeah, that, that Memphis is yappy. Memphis they is are yappy. good. They are yappy. They, they are, are confident. Yappy. They are. They listen. Memphis comes at you, and you know what Memphis has? They got more players than you got. All right. So so this People, is then my question. And I, and I. I saw the highlights of the Denver game. That was on way too late. I wasn't going to watch that. That was that game. But, that game had some sizzle to it. it did. But let me ask you this: If you had to pick, and then this is the one look ahead question: Who is more likely to get to the conference final, Memphis or Denver? Unless you tell me they're both Memphis. going. Memphis. Memphis. Okay. I got. I think Memphis, New Orleans. I can see Memphis, Denver. Um, I could see it, Golden State. To me, has to, they may have to make a move. A trade. Yeah, Maine. yeah. Um, Jordan Poole got thrown had, out. Got thrown Jordan Poole got thrown out for, 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 to me for no real reason. Um, I and, think it's because he's and acquiring State, a reputation. Tony, I do. It shows you, though, what kind of spirit Memphis brings out Golden State. I think Golden State had six technical fouls in that game. Yes, six. And, a lot. And Jordan Poole had, listen, he had 32 points in 29 minutes. They paid Jordan Poole a lot of money to carry Steph Curry's bag now. Yeah. And he did last night. So so that has some significance to it. But I think, you know, the first question we were asked uh, before the second game, I guess, was 
right now who's the best team in the West? And I, I say Memphis. And I think all, I think all four of us say Memphis. Greeny, Stephen A. Um, uh, Greeny, and I say Memphis. So that had some juice to it. And the, the Suns lose Devin Booker to he, he aggravates your groin. He probably shouldn't have been out there playing, but he tried Christmas Day. He scored 58 points the last time he was out in the floor for a full game. He played four minutes, and you go, this is going to be a blowout. Denver's going to take the Suns apart, and they couldn't do it. No, no, they the didn't. The Suns led that whole game no, they and didn't. lost it in overtime. But but you you agree that the best team in the league right now is Boston? Yes. Yeah, I think Boston's I, the best team. And yeah, I, in that I in that In that group, under Boston, and I only under a little bit, of course, are because Middleton – is back out. That's problem. Yeah, Milwaukee. so I'm sitting sitting on the bench in a black yeah. sweater. Yeah. So, but hey. Milwaukee, Memphis, to me, those are the teams that you look at and go, all right. They seem to have every all the ingredients it takes to be able to get to the conference final. Yeah. One other question, and we talk about this because I think of Ovechkin getting to 800 and Pujols getting to 700. Nobody has any idea, nor should they. The only number in basketball that has ever mattered is 100 by Wilt. Nobody yeah. has any idea the career leaders in anything None. else. Nobody has any idea. None. But Kareem is the all-time leader in points scored. And LeBron is going to pass him this season. Yeah. He's yeah. going to pass him. Now, I don't think Kareem's number was unthinkable to be passed, especially when you let people in out of high school and they get four right. extra years. So I don't. But it's sort of remarkable because LeBron's got years left. To add to that, right? Tony, here's what's remarkable. It is not passing Kareem. I told, I said something last night that was very unpopular at our network. And I said, this is the most overhyped, way too much talked about, uh, too talked about uh, milestone is LeBron. It's, it's, it's not that he's averaging more points than certain people in the league, because he's not. Even though LeBron averaging 27 points now at 38 years old. So now, but here's what's phenomenal, Tony. LeBron in the same season is going to pass. He's already magic for assists and Kareem yes. for scoring. That magic is the feat. I don't think of him that way. He's passing but, magic. But, now, magic's career was cut magic short. He played 12 years. Magic He's cut short by years. HIV. Yeah, yeah, but still, you know, I, yeah, I agree yeah, with you. I mean, you. It's, 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 the, it's the duality. It's, it's passing the, great, the greatest scorer career scorer of all time, and a guy that no one's going to argue that anyone's a greater passer in history right. than Magic Johnson. He just didn't play that much. he's going to pass him an assist. And that, to me, is the wow. That, that really identifies, puts its finger on LeBron's greatness. He's able to do, that he, that his skill set is that vast. And he's not going to make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. Um, Tony, it's going to be hard. They're not? Davis is out again. Of course, he's out yeah. again. He's out. Almost. He's Steven Strasburg. He's out. <laughs> so he is. He's Steven Strasburg. He is. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't want to play. He well, doesn't. It, it, he, it, you know the stretch he just had. Wow. Yeah. But he, you know, he has these twelve to fifteen game stretches where he looks like a, one of the five best players in the league. And yeah. Then, and then he's out for the twenty five. He's in street clothes. Yeah. 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 It's too bad. I, I, right. like, you, I know Anthony Davis a little bit like him a lot. Are you going to rant about Alaska Airlines for any great length of time, or are you going to get out no, and find something? No, it's not United Airlines, which I find loathsome. <laughs> right. And I'm taking, okay. I'm taking the, the, the loathsome, I'm attempting to take the loathsome United Airlines uh, 
back to Washington, Dulles today. Okay. So uh, it got warmer, warmer. It's not warm. We're following that. Uh, You know, it's. We, we had no fun. snow, though, so it was good. We had no snow. All yeah, right, I'll so talk I'll to you be later. I'll back there and be inside the rest of the week. All right, be sure. good. Be good. Right, Michael so. Wilbon, Thanks. boys and girls, getting up early for us as once Alaska canceled his flight, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, we'll take a break. When we return, Richard Justice is going to tell us what's happened in baseball because it, that's pretty much over now. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, these are the Crossroads Saints. Daryl Venable, who sent this in, is a songwriter, does vocals, and works on instruments on all three tracks, piano, Hammond organ, Fender Rhodes, electric piano. He says he, he got in um he went down a second-story residential deck collapse in June of 2021. He said, the accident left me with a broken jaw, four upper center front teeth knocked out, a tear wound over my right calf that required plastic surgery, and two broken ribs with internal bleeding that went undiagnosed and eventually left me with a collapsed left lung requiring cardiothoracic surgery and a chest to Wow. Wasn't sure he'd ever be able to sing well again on a high-end microphone, but he can. Yeah. So good for him that he's better. This is a song entitled, I Don't Roll Like That. Michael, if people like the Crossroads Saints want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. Plays in Richard Justice. And I should say this, since we talked at the open about the terrible bomb cyclone throughout the middle of the country heading into the northeast of the country. It's not that long ago, maybe a year, year and a half, whatever it is, the terrible storm in Texas knocked out the entire power grid right for the whole state. Right, Richard? The whole state. That's right. And we had another terrifying few days here. Thursday night, it was down to 15 uh, and that one less than two years ago, that was down to eight. You know, and when the weather pops up on your phone, like you see it a few days out and you go, eight. And you go, wait, wait, what am I looking at? Great Falls, Minnesota, eight? <laughs> and, I mean, on my block here, every other house had massive damage done. My neighbor comes into his kitchen the next morning, and there's like the, the floor is bowed up. And he looks and goes, you know, I don't think that's supposed to be that way. But it was frightening. This this was frightening the past few days. It looks like we're out of the worst of it. But so you had the bomb be- cyclone all the way down there in Houston. It was Thursday night. It was the chill factor was zero, and up in wow. the north in the Dallas area in the Panhandle of Texas, it was the chill factor was way below zero, and uh, it, you know you can't sleep at night. Like what is going to explode in my house? Right. And do damage because we two years just two years ago we saw it. It's two years, yeah. It's two years. The whole state was out basically. Terrible. The whole state it was, was out of power. Awful people. Dozens and dozens of people died. I think the power grid held up this time, but we lost power uh, on the Thursday night into Friday morning. We lost power for nine hours. When it came back on, the temperature in in my house was fifty one degrees. 
Okay, so so this is interesting. Here in Washington, and we escaped the terrible, we, we were down to six degrees, but we escaped the snow and whatever came with it, the storms. We will be in 50s and 60s by the end of this week. If we will be that, what will Texas be by the end of the week? Wednesday, 74 degrees. The last <laughs> few days, so Friday did not get above freezing into the 40s, and then 74 degrees on, on Wednesday. I remember when the Orioles were in the – this really takes you back when they were in the World Series. There was snow one day in the World Series, game yeah. canceled. People yeah. in Maryland uh, were playing golf the next day. It's, it's, it's a crazy, uh, crazy weather patterns we're seeing. All right, so let's wrap up the free agency to the degree that we can. The big story last week, Carlos Correa, who you watched play in Houston for a number of years, then he went to the Twins with a very smart contract. They gave him an out every single year that he was going to be with the Twins. We thought he was going to the Giants. He, there was something with a medical exam that you may know better than I, and he ends up with the Mets. There are a couple of questions. What do you make of that? Because it, it seems so bizarre. And two, if you know Correa... Does this indicate something about him? Um, what, I, what I know is he, he would thrive in, in New York City. He loves being on the big stage. He's, he loves the attention. You know, he was the number one pick in the draft in 2012. He's the guy that started the rebuilding here in Houston that has resulted in four World Series in six years. Um, and he, is, he, is, he, he's, he's, he was born in Puerto Rico, taught himself English in like six or seven months. I remember taking him to lunch. During the 2015 World Series, he 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 won the room in, in about 10 minutes uh, mm-hmm. with, with some baseball people. It was in Kansas City, and um, he is a guy you want on your team. He's an emotional guy, a fiery guy. And, and of all the people the Astros have lost the last few years, Garrett Cole, George Springer, Dallas Keuchel. I mean, Correa was the good. Correa and Springer were the two that were emotional leaders of the team. And you, it's like a game of Django. You don't you keep pulling pieces out, and at some point you're going to pull one too many pieces out. What has happened is, I had forgotten completely about this. In June of 2014, he broke his right fibula and needed surgery, put a plate in. Uh, There was some ligament damage in there. He has missed games in his Astros career. He missed games, but it was always because of his back. And when you say he's got to take a physical, you go, well, be interesting to see what they say about the back, but the back has never come up, and now the Giants flag this this issue with the right leg. What is this, this durability over a, a ten, eleven, a twelve, a thirteen year contract? Right. And then, lo and behold, the Mets swooped in and got him, and now they have flagged it. You know what's interesting is last September he had a hard slide into second base while playing for the Twins. He rolled over and grabbed his right ankle after the game. The writers went to him and said, hey, you look like you hurt yourself. You okay? He goes, yeah, it was just where I had surgery. So there's a plate in there, and it kind of felt like it vibrated. And uh, But I walked around on it, and it was okay. That's the first time it came up. And now that one moment it sort of exemplifies what the what is going on and what the concerns are. It's in the best interest. Look, what's, what Scott Boris is arguing with to the Mets is, don't trust the MRI. Trust what you see. He has been out there and he has played. The last three years, he's missed an average of 14 games a year, hand injuries, nothing with the right leg. I'm asking you to trust that. And I'm sure the Mets are coming back with, 
okay, if you trust his right legs, okay, let's put something in the contract that if he gets injured and misses time because of the right leg injury, uh, we don't have to pay him and Scott's going to go. And what he did say with the Giants was, no, we, we will move on and talk to other teams. It has had a snowball effect. The Twins had put a uh, a 10-year deal, $285 million on the table, and now there are reports out of Minneapolis that they're, they're taking a pause, like, hey, wait, let's see how this plays out. Even though they had him, they had all the physicals, all that, it's, it's different when you sign him to one year versus right. 10 years. So, wait, so let me ask this question. Are you saying that it's not a done deal to the Mets? No question, it's not a done deal. And they're trying, oh. they, they took a oh. pause on Christmas Day. They're, they're trying to work through it. You know, there's going to be some MLB wow. tells teams, tells owners, don't say anything until the deal is done. And some of these new age uh, general managers, David Stearns in Milwaukee, uh, Andrew Friedman in L.A., they do not, they will not even drop a hint about a signing until every piece of the physical is done. The Mets owner, Steve Cohen, basically confirmed to the New York Post from, uh, in a conversation from Hawaii, we needed, this was his quote, we needed one more piece and this is it. And now you're saying, wait, we, we got a problem with this. Uh, that will be another part of it. But I think they're trying, they desperately are trying to work it out. I can't imagine the panic that is going through Carlos Correa. You know, you have this deal, you have two deals, you have one deal fall through, and then you get another dream deal, and now it's hanging in the balance. So I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, That's, I, this I feel, is I feel new, terrible new for to the me. guy because I'm telling you, Tony, yeah. he, he's a guy you want on your team. So let me let me go larger picture here. As San Diego, and it appeared the Mets were just collecting shortstops. Right. What about the Dodgers? What are they going to do at shortstop? They've well, lost I, I two All Stars in two years. Yeah, they are. But I think one of the things they plan, and they would not want this phrase used, but I think they look at twenty twenty three as sort of a transition year. In that they have a lot of young guys, and think I think two on the left side of the infield that they're going to bring up and let them play. And okay. Andrew Friedman believes in turning the roster, and he believes that if you've got a young guy and he's ready, we've seen it, we've seen it with, with the transition. You know, they, they have had change every year bringing these young guys up and, and seeing them produce and keep playing at a high level. They're catching some heat in L.A., like why didn't you get in on one of these guys? All of that. How can you let Trey Turner walk, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and during this crazy spending spree, they've sort of – they 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 have not played at that level of the market. Obviously, the Red Sox haven't played at almost that's any right. level of the market. But the but Cubs are playing, and the <laughs> Rangers are playing. You the, know, the so Rangers have spent <clears throat> now uh, two off seasons about eight hundred million dollars in commitments, yeah. and that I believe eight hundred million is something close to what the Mets have doing. And I'll say this: there are MLB owners that are gleeful that the Mets are going through this. You know, it's not collusion. But there's a reason teams don't go above $300 million in the payroll. And with the Correa deal, the Mets were going to be at a 380 payroll, $380 million. They were going to pay over $100 million in luxury tax taxes. Yeah. That, that's more than the payrolls of 10 teams. And I think there are, there are owners that are like seeing Steve Cohen in a um, tough situation. So, yeah, so let me get to this, because this was something that we discussed on PTI one of the days that we actually did PTI, which is the notion that the owners were not happy with Steve Cohen with the Mets. 
That's an And my rebuttal would be this. For years, when the Wilpons had no money, people decried the fact that the Mets couldn't spend any money. Now you bring in a guy who's spending money, and now you're angry at that guy? How does that work, Richie? Yeah, the, it's, it's two things. Is it, is it good for the vibe around the sport, the buzz? Is it, it good is. for baseball in New York City when you see it the is. Yankees spending on Judge and the Mets spending on Justin Verlander and everybody? And, you know, I, I don't know if you've been to City Field where the Mets play. It is a fabulous ballpark. And there were all those years you'd go there, and there'd be 22,000 people there, and you go, this place would be the coolest place in baseball if it were full. And they, I think they did, I think the number was X million. There was, there was multiple million dollars in tickets after the Korea news leak mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in Mets ticket sales. So, yeah, it is good for the game. But, however, if you are running a, the business aspect of it and you have to have some what you call payroll responsibility, and, and really, look, I think every owner could spend. I mean, I think it's a disgrace what has happened to the Washington Nationals, to let yeah. all those guys go. And now, and now what do you have? Okay, you would have had an obscene payroll, way over $200 million. And maybe you did have to make a tough call on this guy or that guy. But now you're irrelevant. You know, what's the if buzz? you take Strasburg and Corbin what? off the books, the rest of the team is under $50 million, I'm sure. Right, and you're not going to be competitive. And in that no. division, the Braves are spending, making all kinds of commitment to lock up their young players. The Phillies have gone nuts. The Mets have gone and nuts. You're going to win 45 games. That's right. Yeah, no, that's it's, right. It's, so you're that's, the Marlins, that, that's... and you shouldn't be. And, and the buzz you always heard around Washington baseball was, our owners have the deepest pockets in the game. They can afford anyone. Well, it turns out maybe they could afford anyone. They chose not to afford anyone. You're right. No, and they did it with Worth, and they did it with Scherzer, and they did it with Strauss. But let me, let me move on to this, because I think it plays into it. And I'm, Is there any thought, does baseball ever have any thought, to realign divisions by payroll and weight the playoffs so that in the good division you get more teams into the playoffs so do it by payroll and not geography, or am I crazy to even suggest that? No, and I think there's too much, um, like, there's too much tradition does matter. While there has been some realignment, there is meaning having the American League East teams, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Yankees, to have them playing each other, Tampa Bay. And I think now you wouldn't want to separate. I mean, the National League East is going to look it's going to be an interesting race with three teams that have said, we'll spend whatever it takes to get That's back right. in it, and two teams electing not to play. I don't see that ever happening. I think there's too much interest in just having it as much, not really geographically, although there's been some effort at that. I don't think they would do it, uh, because then there would be a horse race to get into the non-spending division. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. Of all the free agents that were signed, did any one particular signing truly surprise you? Say, he went where? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I think in another way, I think the fact that the Red Sox did so little yeah. is stunning to me. That there has obviously been a Heimblum that the general manager has obviously been told by ownership, um, we're not going to play. We're not going to play. And I thought after what the Nationals saw 
in the rest of the division, they would play. And that's that's been more a surprise to me that the Padres spent no surprise. You know, the Mets, the the Phillies, you knew it, they were they are fully committed to doing it to to winning. Um, no, I don't think there, and there hasn't been one contract that I went. Whoa, that's that's an uh, obscene. That's mm-hmm. an obscene contract. I haven't, I haven't felt that. But there is inflation. We're getting players are getting paid. You know, I think I've told you before. Like studies show, your age twenty seven is your peak season. Yeah. Now we're seeing guys getting paid into the thirty four, thirty five, thirty six. I don't know whether that's just hey, we're going to do whatever it takes to get the guy, or we believe this guy, i.e., Justin Verlander, is, is, is such a conditioning freak that he will be able to defy the odds. Yeah, well, he's 40, but he just won a Cy Young. He took a year off with Tommy John, and they only signed him to a two- or three-year deal. It's, it's the 13-year deals where you have a shortstop at 41 years old where you go, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah, but I think what they think is if we win a championship, if we're in the mix every year for winning a championship, we're going to get it back in terms of ticket sales, vibe yeah. around the team, the right, radio, TV rights, all of that, that it's, it's not – crazy spending. It's an investment. Richie, thank you. Hope your Christmas was good. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Tony. Richard Justice, boys and girls. Nobody knows more. (laughs) Nobody knows more. We'll take a break. We'll do email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's Mr. Tony's mailbag with faxes, notes, and emails. I met a star once, I'll tell you the details. Gather round and hear all the moments we've had. Snark from Mike and Burke and haikus from Shad. And while Tony's reading, the all tones are playing low. Gummy bears for free and notes from PG reminiscing of days long ago. Gummy bears for free and notes from DG reminiscing of days long ago. Okay. So that is Elliot Olshansky doing a song to the tune of Hanukkah O Hanukkah. Okay. Let me just read this to you. I figured with all the mailbag jingles based on Christmas songs, you might like a holiday jingle from our side of the street. I thought this one up in my kitchen after listening to Monday's show, sang it into my phone, and got none other than Dan Byrne to lay down a guitar track underneath it. <laughs> Actually, I thought he might want to sing it, but he thought it might be more fun if it was me, so here we are. If Littles want to hear more of my Hanukkah writing, the latest parody video from 613 debuted on YouTube and Spotify last week and has more than 300,000 views as of this writing. You might even want to share this year's video with Wilbon since it is entitled Elton Jonica and features <laughs> Hanukkah-inspired spins on five different Elton John songs, including <laughs> Tiny Dancer, Rocket Man, and the second song I wrote a jingle for, Crocodile Rock. I have seen this. My friend Adam Mandel sent it to me. Brilliant doesn't go far enough. Michael, have you seen this? I have not, but I'm, I got the I got the it's an machine acapella open group. right now. It's an acapella group. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know Elliot did all that stuff. And he said, best regards. Videos. 
Yeah, this this is great. That's fantastic. Elton Jonica. Best regards from Suffolk County, where I recently discussed Elton Jonica on episode 193 of the Loyal Littles podcast, following up on my original appearance in episode 111. 193 episodes. That's Chuck and Roxy. I ought to go on. I ought to ask to be on their show and not have to do this show. <laughs> Nigel, Nigel, can we do the Bethesda bagel? Yes, here? yes, we love uh, Bethesda bagels. Got the bagel sandwiches today. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. Happy to have the sandwiches. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, when I was 17, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for small-town girls and soft summer nights. We'd hide from the lights on the Village Green when I was 17. That's Francis Albert Sinatra, in case you don't know that. <laughs> um, it's a brilliant song. Was that written by Paul Anka by any chance? I would have to check on that. I Thanks do not to our know guests that. today, Michael Wilbon and Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors, Policy Genius, ZipRecruiter, and Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let me just set this up. It was Michael's idea, and I think it's a great idea. On Wednesday, we're going to do a show with Jeannie and Liz. We're going to do that show. Very excited. And maybe bring in Ann Hornaday as a guest. Yes. And I'm going to shut up and let him talk. <laughs> By the way, Irvin Drake wrote okay. that. From Mark Larson in Sandy, Utah. I was listening to a mailbag and was pleased to hear an email from Glenn Sharapovich. From Payson, Utah, which is about 40 minutes from my home in Sandy, which is itself 15 minutes south of Salt Lake City for all you non-Utahns. Hey, Glenn, I heard your email literally while wearing my own Chatter t-shirt, me being a loyal little myself for almost 25 years. Not only do I have an official Chatter t-shirt, but I made a custom R.I.P. Chatter t-shirt for my brother and I, <laughs> he being from Highland, Utah, and also a little. So not only are you not the only little in state, you're not the only one walking around in a Chatter t-shirt <laughs> waiting for a cheeserie or a TK salute from now on. I'll remember to salute Payson in the acceptable way each time I pass your town. I expect nothing, but I expect nothing less than the same from you. From Doug Adams in Superior, Colorado. I recently binged HBO's show Industry, and you can imagine my surprise when the main character, Harper Stern, is wearing a Binghamton sweatshirt. More backstory is this character never finished her time at the Harvard of upstate New York and ended up faking a Binghamton transcript to keep her job. I know that university. The show's probably entirely too racy for your old eyes, but a great time nonetheless with several instances of Binghamton swag popping here and there. Industry, have you seen it? I don't know it. I have not watched that yet. Michael, Sean, you ever hear it. of it? Okay. From Christopher McKay in Raleigh, North Carolina, while we're on the topic of Michael's childhood classmate becoming the new chief of staff to Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, a point of interest is that he'll be replacing outgoing chief of staff Paul Mounds, Loomis Chafee, class oh. of 2003, tri-varsity captain, an all-around great guy, and this year's graduation speaker. The Loomis yearbook is called The Confluence, as the campus sits at the confluence of the Farmington and Connecticut rivers, which causes biblical flooding every spring during the snowmelt from the north. From, this is long, okay? I'm going to do this, though. This is from Patrick Buckley. Long time, first time. Um, he's from New Hampshire. Long time, first time, although it really should be my second attempt at the mailbag, since I meant to email you years ago about painting the mural at Chatter for free. <laughs> if it's not too late, I'd like to continue piling on Cigna. In 2007, I had back surgery three days after my employer switched to Cigna from a previous insurance company. To no one's surprise, they rejected my claim. After the doctor sent additional information showing surgery was necessary after several more conservative treatments had failed, they rejected it again. When Cigna rejected the claim for the third time, the surgeon's level of frustration was on par with Wilbon railing against millennials, and he sent Cigna a letter stating that 
This seems inappropriate at best, unprofessional, incompetent at worst. I'm writing to add my concern about a trend in reimbursement for your company is longstanding and hopefully will be corrected urgently. I will be sending a copy of this note to the patient so he may understand why his insurance company is not appropriately dealing with a claim of appropriate care. Please rectify this situation. I would be more than happy to talk to the supervisor involved in this case. If there is no resolution, we will forward all notes to the state banking and insurance authorities. While Cigna did pay, pay my claim eventually, your recent experience shows that nothing at the company has changed in the past 15 years. So you may have to resort to straight cash. On the bright side, your Mr. 3000 royalties could go a long way if you bet with Reginald. In all seriousness, <laughs> I hope you find relief from your pain and from Cigna. 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 From Joe Ippolito. On last Friday's show, James casually mentioned there was a town in France called Carville. I can vouch that, yes, there is a village in Normandy that bears his name. It's a small commune of about 350 people that, as James correctly recalled, is centered around a small historic church which dates back to the 11th century. While it's been years since I was in France, I can still vividly recall the priest of Carville. High atop his pulpit, his sermons, a frothy blend of unintelligible mumbling <laughs> and the sorts of language you'd normally hear at a dock workers' union meeting. And though my French was admittedly limited, his message of righteousness was unquestionably clear as he instructed his flock. As St. Tiboy tells us, the good shall always triumph over the evil. So take Jesus and buy the hook. <laughs> Joe Ippolito in Brooklyn. We also have a caricature. Actually, it's a poster from Chad in Chicago. You probably hadn't heard, but the mumbling Cajun, the prognosticating primate, have a film coming out in 2023. <laughs> Love the show, even if it stinks. It's just called Carvel and the Monkey, and, the, <laughs> and underneath it says, one's from the bayou, one throws his poo. <laughs> from Michael Bernier, or Bernier in Sudbury, Ontario, salt peppercorns are serious baking mistakes. My grandmother, believing she had poured vanilla into an empty mason jar for use later, made a bigger one. It turns out when she used the vanilla... The jar also contained curtain hooks. After those muffins, my mother and cousin stopped eating. My grandmother's baking. Curtain hooks. That's the list. Stephen Hamilton in Cleveland. So, the, so we're telling cooking mishap stories now? My father's new wife was making an old family holiday recipe. Ham balls. They're baked balls of ham, if you're curious, and they're decent. Well, the recipe called for an, ham eighth, water. an eighth of a <laughs> tablespoon of cloves. When the recipe was spoken over the phone, my stepmother wrote down eight tablespoons of cloves. <laughs> if you have Gary do the math, that's 64 times the intended amount, and cloves are, let's say, pungent. Once she started baking the potent ham balls, not in the toaster, it was clear there was something different. The smell of cloves was in the walls for weeks, and the ham balls were utterly inedible. Here's to family. Uh, from Peter Jennings, not that Peter Jennings. I, too, have a Cigna story to add to the overwhelming evidence. You and your listeners can attest that insurance companies are number one on the most hated list, and deservedly so. A few years ago, my wife was at the Mayo Clinic, and three Mayo physicians recommended an MRI. Cigna was my employer insurance carrier. In excruciating pain, my wife was removed in a wheelchair from her MRI procedure. Cigna had decided it was not a necessary procedure and denied payment. Of course, I paid cash. TK move, dozens and dozens of emails, letters, phone calls over literally years and no payment or reimbursement made. I was ordered to bombarding Cigna and Dow executives with emails that indicated the Cigna acronym stood for Callous Indifference Gross Negligence Associated. <laughs> of course, the CEO and the head of HR at Dow were not amused. I got the Dale Ford Earl Weaver treatment. If I had to do it over again, I'd go full John Q on them. Good luck to you in your fight with Cigna. I wish you better outcome than I had. I'm going to lose. Uh -huh. From Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm confused. Isn't the L5 a train that travels through Galena, Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> 
From Tim Cree in Fort Collins, Colorado, as said by she who was related to me by marriage during the World Cup final, why does every player look like that guy from Maroon 5? And that is the kind of hard-hitting World Cup coverage we expect from the Tony Kornheiser show. From Todd Nissoff in Manchester, Connecticut, what has 15 actors, four settings, two writers, and one plot line? 632 Hallmark Christmas movies. From Mo Werner of the 2008... Happy Hanukkah, Tony. This weekend, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage suggested we not watch a new Sarah Silverman romantic comedy, Menorah in the Middle. And even though the synopsis read like a Hallmark movie, I said, sure, why not? So imagine the thrill I felt as the opening credits were rolling and a song outlining the premise of the movie began. Hey, I know that voice, I exclaimed. And as the singer showed up as the street musician in the first scene, I utter, eagerly uttered, I know that guy. It was Dan Byrne who acts as a Greek chorus appearing throughout the movie with numerous humorous ditties, which he probably wrote in 10 minutes or less. Knowing your antipathy for Hallmark movies, I cannot recommend this movie other than for Dan Byrne's comedic and melodic brilliance. Good luck with your back procedure, and here's to a full and speedy recovery. He's everywhere. Dan Byrne is absolutely everywhere. From Kelly in Chattanooga. I'm just going long on emails today. I think people like him. Sure. Um, Kelly, Keith in Chattanooga, rather. I know how excited everyone gets to listen for more hockey statistics and records, so I have an update for you. There are three players who've scored over 900 goals, including NHL and WHA records. Gordie Howe has 975, 801, and 174. Wayne Gretzky, 940, 894, and 46. Third is none other than the Golden Jet, Bobby Hull, with 913, 610, and 303. Hull ended up second all-time in goals scored in WHA history. Sadly, Hull and Stan Mikita only won one Stanley Cup in Chicago. A stat a young Wilbon knew all too well. So let me get to this, because I don't really understand this. This is late in the show. Basketball folded in the ABA right. records to the NBA records. Hockey did not. I don't know. I, I don't know which is right. From Rick Ottinger, eating Albany's outside of Albany in Voorheesville, New York. I never heard of Albany's outside of your show. So imagine my surprise when my local hardware store the Ace Hardware Store had not only Albany's gummy bears, but the sour ones and the gummy worms at the checkout. And he sent a picture of that. From Jeff Piggott, many thanks for the almost birthday wishes on Wednesday's show. <laughs> Sadly, my brother is not a member of Chicago Golf Club. However, one of my Chicago cousins lives next to the Ricketts family. Yes, that Ricketts family. They own the Cubs, right? Is Ricketts, that who? I oh, thought, I think you're right, yeah. Or did they own the Chicago Tribune? Also, at our company benefits meeting Tuesday, I learned our insurance coverage is moving from United Healthcare Care to Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's way better than Cigna. So I have that going for me, which is nice. And from Bill Isaacson, and it's eight pages long, of course, because that's what Bill does, which we love. You can tell Chuck Todd that I, too, once took a sacred trip with my son to Lambeau Field. I took a 13-year-old Nick, who will hate having his name read on the air, to Lambeau on January 20th, 2008, for the NFC Championship game against the Giants. Yes, that game. Windshield, 23 degrees below zero. Let me repeat that. 23 below zero. The coldest I've ever been in my life was filling the gas tank of a rental car just outside Green Bay. You'll also remember the Packers were favored by a touchdown, played badly, and the game went into overtime, and far promptly threw an interception, giving the Giants an easy field goal to win the game. It turned out to be Favre's last game as a Packer. Standing up, stunned at the loss, I looked to my side at Nick and was surprised to see him ripping off the 8 to 10 layers of shirts he was wearing. Also, he could strip off his Favre jersey he had for an inner layer. With not a single drop of beer in him, Nick joined the shirtless crazies that TV likes to show at Lambeau. That's my boy. 
from Bill Isaacson, who writes, in the Las Vegas airport, dying to get out of here. <laughs> You're out on your bike, Tank. Everyone, as always, do wear white. If I wish one of your guys had children, if I could kick oh. them in the f- head or stomp on their testicles <laughs> for you to my feel pain. my pain, because that's the pain I have, waking up every day. It's my pain. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Another space and time from here is quite long to be Far beyond the casual change of scene Done my best to stick it out, but I do believe Staying here might be the end of me Sometimes we're done, it's really gone yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's time to just move on Stretch a highway before they disappear. Get your head out in the wind. The silence in the distance where the noise fades away. Calls us all home again. Can't no one tell me that it's wrong. No, no. I'm gonna sing a highway song. When the best you could have done, done got up and gone.
They're connected and an open door There's something funny about the way you look And I'll let you read me like an open book I gave too much of myself away And you will never listen anyway I don't roll like that Just can't roll like that 